the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You could look at your family and say, well, my family's so far gone morally. They're so lost. They're so ungodly. They're not going to turn to the Lord. They're all so far gone. They're so far away from God. They're they're not going to turn to Him. What's what's the point in keeping some kind of godly standard? It's it's not going to make a difference. They just think I'm a weirdo. Ebed Melech teaches us that when a culture is turned from God, that God does notice the individuals within that culture that trust in Him. The world we live in today continues to spiral out of control. What used to be a common standard of right and wrong in our world is now blurred and considered controversial. Well, the Bible gives clear instructions, and you can find the truth within the Scriptures. Pastor Dan will encourage you to keep pressing on. When the world views you in a negative light, God sees through to your heart. He recognizes your dedication to Him, and you'll be blessed for your obedience. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 39, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Zedekiah and his family to Nebuchadnezzar, it says in, in, in Ribla. Ribla was about 200 miles from Jerusalem in modern-day Syria. There's still a city there today, the city of Ribla. Uh, and, and it's believed that the king of Babylon set up kind of a, a temporary headquarters in Ribla as he was invading uh, that, that area of Israel down towards Egypt. And so he set up his headquarters there, and it says... He's brought there the 200 miles to Ribla to Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar pronounced judgment on Zedekiah. Verse 6 and 7 tell us the judgment. Look at the judgment. Then the king of Babylon killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes in Ribla. The king of Babylon also killed all the nobles, all the leaders of Judah, Moreover, he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, killed Zedekiah's children before his own eyes and then gouged out Zedekiah's eyes so that the last thing he would see would be the execution of his own children. And for the rest of his life, he would be haunted by that image. Which would be a worse punishment than just being put to death. 
right? If you were in that situation, just, just kill me. I don't want to live with that image. And I think the thing that is most sobering and even maybe most infuriating about this whole, this whole picture here, this whole scene, is it was completely avoidable. It didn't have to happen this way. The nation didn't have to be destroyed. Zedekiah didn't have to watch his children murdered in front of him. All of this was avoidable. If you just look back in chapter 38, you may not even have to turn the page. Chapter 38, verse 17. It says, Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, If you surely surrender to the king of Babylon's princes, then you your soul shall, be, shall live, this city shall not be burned with fire, and you and your house shall live. But if you do not surrender to the king of Babylon's princes, then this city shall be given into the hand of the Chaldeans. They shall burn it with fire, and you shall not escape from their hand. Jeremiah told Zedekiah, if he would just surrender, he would live and his family would be spared and the city of Jerusalem would be spared and would not be burned. And that was not the only time that God warned Zedekiah and told him this. Uh, He warned him in chapter 34 and he warned him in chapter 32. And if you remember in chapter 32, Zedekiah imprisoned Jeremiah for prophesying that the city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians and that the king will also be given into the hands of the Babylonians. He put him in jail. He didn't want to hear it. And so then, you know, you, you have Zedekiah who God warned him over and over and over that the path he was on was going to lead to his destruction and was going to lead to the destruction of everything that he had and the destruction of his family, and Zedekiah chose a path of just, you know, this, this, this protracted disobedience and rebellion against God's word, and this protracted disobedience led to the destruction of everything. It led to him losing his kingdom, it led to his children being killed before his eyes, it led to the destruction of his family, and it led to his own blindness and his own bondage. Disobedience to God is a big thing. It's a big deal. It can be devastating. If you just continue to walk in disobedience without repentance, without turning back, it can cost you everything. Where you're just left blinded and bound by your sin, by your disobedience. The Babylonians were ruthless with their enemies. They wanted their enemies to suffer. You know, the Bible tells us that we have an enemy that is more ruthless than the Babylonians, the devil. The devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil's desire is to kill, steal, and destroy us and to destroy our families and the people that we love. And if we choose the path of Zedekiah, the, the path of just protracted disobedience to the word of God and just ignoring the word of God and ignoring the warnings of God. We set ourselves up to see our families destroyed before our eyes. We set ourselves up to see the loss of everything that we work for and, and, and a life of spiritual blindness and, and bondage. That's where you end up. 
the best thing we can do for ourselves and for our families is to walk in obedience to the Lord. Doesn't mean we can do it perfectly, but to just walk in his ways, keep his commands, do our best to honor him and obey him. And just just doing that, again, not without sin, not perfectly, but just doing that, we will avoid so much pain and so much destruction that is brought about by disobedience, by going our own way. Zedekiah is an example of that. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Verse 8 says, And the Chaldeans burned the king's house palace of the king in Jerusalem and the houses of the people with fire. Again, archaeologists have excavated down, have found the burn lair from the Babylonians and broke down the walls of Jerusalem. They they have, they're, they're destroying the whole, the whole city. Now, Zaradan, the captain of the guard carried away captive to Babylon the remnant of the people who remained in the city and those who defected to him. Remember, Jeremiah told the people, surrender and you'll live. And so there were some people that in the end listened to Jeremiah and defected to them, surrendered. With the rest of the people who remained, verse 10, but Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, left in the land of Judah the poor people who had nothing and gave them vineyards and fields at the same time. So they left behind the poor. Uh, Quite often they would leave behind the feeble or the elderly or people that were unable to make the journey back to Babylon. They would just leave them in the land with nothing. Verse 11 Now, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, look what it says, gave charge concerning Jeremiah to Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, saying, so so Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he knew about Jeremiah somehow. We, We don't know how. It doesn't tell us. Perhaps, you know, some of the people that were carried away in in an earlier exile to Babylon, maybe they talked about Jeremiah, maybe some of those that defected said, hey, we're surrendering because there's a prophet living in the city who told us if we surrender to you, you'll let us live. And that's why we're surrendering. But somehow Nebuchadnezzar knows about Jeremiah and, and he shows favor to Jeremiah. Again, it says in verse 11 that he gave charge concerning Jeremiah to Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, saying, take him. And look after him and do him no harm 
But do to him just as he says to you. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, sent Nebuchadnezzar, Rabseris, Nergal, Sharezer, Ragmag, and all the king of Babylon's chief officers. Then they sent some to take Jeremiah from the court of the prison and committed him to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, that he should take him home. So he dwelt among the people. Now the son of Shaphan, Shaphan was one of the scribes in the days of Josiah. When they found the scroll, they brought it to Josiah and read it before Josiah and they rent their garments and repented. Uh, so this, that's that Shaphan there that's mentioned here in verse 14. So, so Nebuchadnezzar shows favor to Jeremiah. Babylonians showed favor to him. He was given the freedom to dwell wherever he wanted. He could stay in Judah wherever he wants to live. He could go to Babylon if he'd like. And I'm sure if he went to Babylon, he, he would be well treated in, in Babylon But we're told in verse 14 that Jeremiah chose to dwell with the people. Now, Jeremiah was viewed by many of the people of Judah as a traitor. Because he encouraged the people to just surrender to the Babylonians. To not even try to put up a fight, but just to surrender. And yet here he chose to stay with the people of Judah. Which reveals he's not a traitor. If he were a traitor, he, he would have gone to Babylon to live in Babylon. But he's not a traitor. He's not unpatriotic. He's just compelled by God to declare the word of God to people. To declare the truth of God's word to the nation he loved. So he, he stays. And then verse 15, meanwhile, you know, <laughs> meanwhile, back at the ranch, Meanwhile, the word of the Lord had come to Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison. So the Lord is still speaking here. Even in the midst of great tragedy for the nation, God's still speaking. Which is, isn't that a great comfort when you go through just a tragedy or a great trial to, to have the word of the Lord and have the Lord speak to you, either right out of his word or have someone else speak a word to you and a word of comfort to you. And it just kind of you know, reassures you that, hey, God sees you. God knows what's going on. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't forsaken you. He's still involved in your life. So Jeremiah receives this word from the Lord. And look what it says. Verse 16 tells Jeremiah, go and speak to Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian. Saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for adversity and not for good. And they shall be performed in that day before you. But I will deliver you in that day, says the Lord. And you shall not be given into the hand of the men of whom you are afraid. For I will surely deliver you and you shall not fall by the sword. But your life shall be as a prize to you. Because, here's why, you have put your trust in me. 
says the Lord. God tells Jeremiah to go share this word with a guy named Ebed-Melech. And and Ebed-Melech, we're told he was an Ethiopian. Earlier in Jeremiah, we were told he was a eunuch. He was an advisor to King Zedekiah. If you turn back to chapter 38, verse 7, chapter 38, verse 7, it says, Now Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs, who was in the king's house, he was a servant to the king. He heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon. Remember they put Jeremiah in the cistern with the miry clay where he was you know, up to his waist or whatever in clay. He heard about that. When the king was sitting at the gate of Benjamin, remember the, the king rules, he governs from the gate of the city. Ebed-Melech went out to the king's house and spoke to the king, saying, My lord, the king, these men have done evil, and all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he is likely to die from hunger in the place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Take from here thirty men with you, and lift Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon. He's down in a cistern. He's down in a, a, a pit. Before he dies, verse 11. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went into the house of the king under the treasury. And took from their old clothes and old rags. And let them down by ropes into the dungeon to Jeremiah. Then Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah... Please put these old clothes and rags under your arms, under the ropes. And Jeremiah did so. So they pulled Jeremiah up with ropes and lifted him out of the dungeon. And Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. That's Ebed-Melech, the one who spoke up for the man of God. And the one who, who risked his own neck. And went to the king because he had access to the king. Because he was a servant of the king. And he went to the king and asked the king to do something about Jeremiah before he dies. And he was the one who you know, secured Jeremiah's rescue. And rescued Jeremiah from the pit uh, before he died. And so that's, that's the same Ebed-Melech. And going back to chapter 39 now. Ebed-Melech, now that the city is conquered and the Babylonians have breached the wall and they're coming into the city, Ebed-Melech was fearful that he would be put to death by the Babylonians because his position as an advisor to the king. That's what they would do. They would kill the king. They would kill all the leadership. So he's afraid for his life. And here, God sent Jeremiah to reassure Ebed-Melech, promising to deliver him in that day, promising him that he will not be given into the hand of the men of whom he was afraid. Verse 18 says, For I will surely deliver you, and you shall not fall by the sword, but your life shall be as a prize to you, because you have put your trust in me. So God's going to save his life, Not because he rescued Jeremiah, as wonderful as that was. It's not because of his works, but because of his faith. 
is going to rescue him and save his life and spare his life because he has put his trust in God, put his trust in the Lord. Now, the name Ebed Melech, it, it means servant of the king. Servant of the king. You know, we, we also are servants of a king. We serve the king of kings and Lord of lords. And, and I want you to see here what Ebed Melech did in the days that he lived in. He, he put his trust in the Lord at, at a time when, when the nation had thrown off the word of God. He put his trust in the Lord at a time when the nation had turned its back on God. And, and we live at a time, we live in a nation, we live in a culture that is throwing off God's word right before our eyes. Every day. We live in a nation that is throwing off God's standards every day. We could look at the situation that we're living in and we could say, what's the use? What's the point in trying to keep God's standard? What, what difference will it make in this world? The, the nation's already so far gone. What's the point? Or, or you could look at your family and say, well, my family's so far gone morally. They're so lost. They're so ungodly. They're not going to turn to the Lord. They're all so far gone. They're so far away from God. They're, they're not going to turn to Him. What's, what's the point in keeping some kind of godly standard. It's, it's not going to make a difference. They just think I'm a weirdo. Ebed Melech teaches us that when a culture is turned from God, that God does notice the individuals within that culture that trust in Him. God sees it. God sees those that keep His word. God sees those who keeps His standard. And He rewards those people. You know, we're called to be salt and light in this world. Even if no one else sees your salt, no one else or tastes your salt or sees your light, no one else notices, God notices it. God sees it. He sees that you're living for Him. He, he sees that you're, you're trying to keep His standards in your life. Even if no one else cares, God cares. And He will reward you for your faithfulness to Him. Even as the rest of the nation is turning away from him. And tossing aside his standards. And tossing aside his morals. And tossing aside his word. He sees it. He sees the ones. He sees the remnant. He sees those who are keeping the faith. He sees those who are continuing to walk with him. And stay faithful to him. And so continue to walk in the ways of God because it matters to God. It matters to Him. And one day, everybody, everybody here might make fun of you for doing that and think you're a weirdo. But who cares what they think? You care what Jesus thinks. You want to hear the words, well done. Right? That's what we want to hear. And that's what Ebed Melech teaches us. Live for God, walk in His ways, and trust in Him, even as the culture turns away. And no one seems to notice, and no one seems to care. God cares, and God sees it, and God will reward it. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest cream. 
book of Jeremiah entails many prophecies given to the people of Israel, but they weren't just commands of judgment and consequence. Within these pages, Jeremiah gives insight into the coming promises that Jesus would offer by coming and fulfilling a new covenant of redemption for all people. What's interesting is that Jeremiah poured his heart and soul out as he wrote this book. It wasn't just a dry dissertation of what people should do or what should come about. Jeremiah was a living and breathing person during the time of siege and exile, and he felt deeply for the people and nation he was a part of. His empathy for his kinsmen should resonate with you as you're part of a larger group of people in a nation and ultimately part of God's family. Is there a stirring within you to see those who are lost come to have a saving knowledge of Christ? If so, you might be able to relate to Jeremiah more than you thought. If you're enjoying this series through the book of Jeremiah and would like to hear more teachings, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. In addition to listening to these teachings, you can access more information about the church behind this ministry. Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. As a church, our heart is geared towards spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with. And we welcome anyone to worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. For service times and location, check out calvaryec.com. Thanks for joining us today. Next time, we'll continue looking at the book of Jeremiah here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.